Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bridge, a show connecting East and West. I am your guest host, Jesse Appel. I was a stand-up comedian for nine years in China, and now I'm in Los Angeles doing Chinese comedy, English comedy, and really a little bit of everything. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like the show, consider giving us a like or giving us five stars, suggestions or comments, anything that you'd like to share with us. Hit us up with an email at welovethebridge at gmail.com. That's we love the bridge. Uh, your host here today with Tom Xia. Tom is a uh, Chinese American film director, uh, TikTok creator, um, you know, uh, uh, father of two. And, um, you know, we're making we're making this show and talking U.S. China stuff. Our actual topic this time is, um, we'll say, intercultural dating. Uh, This is going to be a sexy one. Yeah, this will be fun. So there will be some um, there will be some stories, I'm sure. Uh, And just basically the idea behind this is that, um, you know, for. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm American, but I lived many years in China. Tom, you were born in China, came to the States, and then went back to China. Yeah, Harbin American. Harbin and um, Harbin American. <laughs> That's a great term. Uh, and uh, and so I'm sure between the two of us, we've seen uh, both in our own lives, you know, with the people that we've dated across different cultures, and then also in the lives of the the people that we know who are our friends. Like yes. it, it seems like everybody basically is in some form of intercultural relationship, whether that is, you know, uh, crossing races, whether it's crossing countries, whether it's crossing uh, just like the, the, the actual culture. Um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of mixing going on and, and I think generally to the good. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, what was that stat? We have the stat okay, in terms so of yes. in the United States, how yeah. many inter, inter, I guess is interracial couples they yeah. would define it as? The percentage of married couple households that are interracial across the United States grew from 7.4 to 10.2 from 2000 to 2016. Wow. So it went up 3% in... So it, it, but that was like six years ago. So now yeah, it's now uh, it, yes. 75%. It, it seems like it's becoming more and more common. And, and honestly, I think if you... Um, you know, if you were to look at major cities and especially cities with a lot of like international uh, connection, it, it feels even higher than that. Yeah. You know, and then it also That's depends true. on, and then the other question is sort of, um, you know, intercultural dating, which is really what I want to talk about is that's even bigger than interracial dating mm. because, you know, even within a country, you know, if you have two American citizens and, you know, one might be, um, you know, they have different, uh, uh, they might have they might even be of the same race, but they're different, uh, you know, culturally. Like, how do you deal with, you know, my interest is sort of like, how do you have a good relationship when you deal with those cultural challenges? You know, what yeah. makes it work? Um, and I'm coming very specifically from the perspective of being single and looking at having to, you know, I really want somebody who has a background like mine in the sense that they traveled and they, they, they know more than just, you know, sort of what they grew up with. Right. Because that's been such a fundamental part of my life is the fact that I got to see things outside of my circle. Yeah. That's a really good point. Does that make, does that make sense? Inter. Yeah. I think intercultural is actually much more important 
than in, ter- in terms of like... Well, race, I mean, race is obviously defined very differently in many different places, yeah. and it's a little bit tricky to pin down, but intercultural is it's like... It's about your experience. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I, you know I, I read as white in America, but I'm Jewish. If there was a Christian family that, you know, that had a, uh, you know, a daughter, and I was in love with the Christian daughter, that would be an intercultural situation. Yeah. Like, it would be just as difficult in many ways, even though we both speak English, as it would be if I was dating somebody in China who had never been to America. There would be similar challenges right yeah by if i were to date a uh, a korean girl i mean that would still that would be very different yeah than if i were to date a chinese girl yeah and in america even if, even they if probably we all grew up in the state cultural right so yeah so i guess the first yeah you are married i am um, married you're yes. married you're married to a chinese woman yeah it's a very diverse uh marriage i was born in harbin china and i married a girl from Changchun, China, which is <laughs> it's like funny. a block, like a block down the street from more. You say it like that as though it like is easy, but it was not a direct path at all for yeah. you to meet. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we, I mean, no, yeah, I, I had no plans to to meet a girl also from northern China, but you know, it worked out that way, and it's because we realized we had more things in common. Uh, our, we're both filmmakers, and we just have more more common interests than. Than just like cultural backgrounds, but that that helped so, so tremendously. You, as so, well. do you feel like it was it was the it was the other stuff that came first, and then it was almost? Do you feel like it was a coincidence that you that you met somebody from the same like you know Dongbei region in China? Or yeah, it was a coincidence. Yeah, because like, it was yeah. I met her while we were working together. Yeah, tell the story about how you 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 met, and then yeah. So my if, wife is a she's a she's a a film director as well, and she. Uh, she was commissioned to make a short film in the states, and she needed a uh, a producer to help her with, uh, you know, finding locations and getting permits here in the states. And my friend asked me if I was available, and I was available around that time because I was unemployed, <laughs> still am. And yeah, so essentially, I, you know, she was my boss during her shoot, and then, and then, yeah, we. Uh, we took it from there. <laughs> yeah. So then, and then you eventually, she was eventually going back to China and you decided to go back to China. Well, she did go back and we had a long distance relationship oh, I didn't know you did long first. Distance. And then, and then I decided to go back. How did, so here's, here's the question see, for the to long, to see how it'll work. So again, intercultural, a lot of that, that's also across time zones in many cases, because like, you know, you may not be in the same space, especially now with COVID, you know, who, who even knows where people are physically. So like, what, um, what was it about, like did like did the long distance work and if it didn't work is that why you went like what what was the I think the long distance worked to the extent that I wanted to find out whether we would work to if we were closer together so it, it allowed me it pushed me to the next step and and you know it wasn't feasible for her to come to the states then and I also wanted to explore opportunities in China so it all it all worked out it all kind of worked out yeah so that do you feel like there's a big cultural gap between the sort of you know chinese american upbringing and the chinese upbringing yeah absolutely i think there can be if um if if angie my if my wife angie only grew up in china i think we would have completely different different experiences growing up and we still do we still have a lot of we share a lot of different experiences from our childhood um but she she also had a chance to study in the states and and work here for uh, briefly so that helped mm. yeah that helped us a lot so so like- you know so it's um and this is i expect like kind of a theme for people who are kind of you know the in the those intercultural relationships is is usually isn't literally like person a 
you know, fresh off the boat, person B, fresh off the boat in place C that neither have any background in or anything like that. Usually there's some sort of combination yeah. of like, you know, some sort of shared experience, which is how some, which is how people met. Yeah. And I never expected to, um, to either date or marry anybody, um, uh, who spent most of their lives in China, not because, not because, I just didn't. I just didn't have that opportunity here because I m- grew up here, and I thought I would m- marry like an Asian American, mm. somebody who shared like my experience growing up. Mm. But and I mean, you know, I think this is a bit controversial, and maybe it's only true for me. Um, I did grow up with this idea that I think, and this has been kind of, you know, brainwashed from my parents' generation, where it's like, oh, you know, you have to be careful about. These girls from China, all they want is your green card. So you have to be, so, you know, like I never truly believed that, but it was always like, it was in the background, it was in the background and it's not a healthy way to look at relationships or, or anybody. And, and it's definitely not the case from my personal experience and what I see from my friends. Yeah. What's been your experience? No, in terms of the dating. Yeah. So, so I, I, um, I had a uh, long-term relationship with a, a, a non-American in China, but she was from Estonia. So oh. the um, the funny thing for me is that all of my, you know, intercultural dating thing outside. You know, I did date some um, Chinese women as well, but never for any extended period of time. Um, my main dating experience in China was with a Eastern European woman. Yeah, um, <laughs> which was kind of funny because there was there were multiple levels of kind of culture clash there was the american estonian culture clash and then there was also each of our individual clashes with living in china and how we built our own lives in a third country and um and our and the people around us uh, you know we met together through beijing improv and we were both improvisers um the people around us were all very similar like you know we had couples um you know we had a couple who was a a Hong Kong Philippine uh, man and a New Zealand woman, and they were living in Beijing yeah. and then later moved to Toronto and to Barcelona. Yeah. And so like uh, we got, I kind of got to see how like couples worked or, or Jeffrey married a woman from, um, uh, from Japan, so American and Japanese right. woman that now live on Taiwan. Right. And so the, um, the, you Very know, like, international expat yeah and so that was the thing that my experience when and specifically why i call this intercultural dating as opposed to interracial dating which i think america is so obsessed with race but the That's but a good like point. but like i think that the the challenge isn't the race it's not literally like looking at somebody or the way that they look is causing the challenge it's whatever challenges do or don't arise of the clash of cultures from the different upbringing and yep. the different expectations for the future so that was um and that was a stress. Uh, it was it was a long term stress that was kind of like day to day. It didn't. It, it showed up in small ways, like you know, yeah. there'd those, be little things. Like I remember, we, yeah. I was making oatmeal once, and um, in America, uses you know, Annette had come to uh, the states, and uh, we had instant oatmeal, and she's like, "What is this?" Yeah. Like she never like you, you don't just me. just make oats. 
Yeah. And I'm like, there's no like real food in America. Like it has to be like instant prepared junk. It's not real. You know, or she'd be like, or she would see like, um, there was like a cake mix. Like I had never baked a cake except by using cake mix because I'm American. Yeah. And then she's like, what do you mean is cake? Like what's in it? I'm like flour, cocoa powder. She's like, why not just use flour and cocoa powder? Yeah. And because I want to be able to blow a cake up like a balloon. Yeah, yeah. It, it, no, but the thing is like the, um, like there were little things like that that she just never made cake out of a box before. Right. Or even like benefits. Like for instance, she had never seen Seinfeld. So I got to rewatch all these awesome episodes of Seinfeld yeah. with somebody who was watching it for the first time. Yeah. That was, Did she like it. Oh yeah. That really? Great, I yeah. mean, Seinfeld is an acquired no, taste. Bro, it's not, bro. it's not for everybody. <laughs> the, More uh, ASMR. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to a Seinfeld ASMR. <laughs> Jerry, no, uh, <laughs> um, but the, uh, but like, so that was that was, I think, part of the fun in the uh, interracial day. But it also created challenges because I was from one country, she was from a second. We were, you know, we were living in a third, yeah. and it created a power imbalance too because Estonia was such a small country compared to both the United States and China. It was really not something that we could see a future in me moving to Estonia. I mean, well, having you know, experienced that, then what, you know, what do you look for going forward? I mean, I think it's actually, you know, the more I think about it, I think it actually caused a lot of, uh, 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 it's caused me a lot of anxiety in my, in my dating practice now yeah. because I'm, you know, I'm in America. I don't know how long I'm going to be here because the borders are closed. I don't know how long I'm going to be in California because I just moved here. And there's so much uncertainty that I just feel really bad about, asking for you know and then i want a partner who is multicultural and who is like you know up for up for traveling and not somebody that's never left their hometown before and yet i can't tell anyone i can't tell that person what my plans are right and so i just feel like you know if i want somebody who is you know a, a person that is is capable of living across borders the way that i have um or living across cultures the way that i have you know, you you have to have your own ship in order before you can go to those people and say like, you know, um, you know, consider a world in which you might move for me and I might move for you, you know? And until recently, there's also been the work question, which is like, you know, if I do Chinese comedy, you know, where can I do that? You know, so part of the fun thing about these podcasts is like being able to see like what can be done from the United States. Yeah. So Um, what would be an ideal, uh, ideal partner for you? Oh, I mean, I mean, just like personality-wise or culture-wise. Well, culture-wise, I think if we're talking about sharing common experiences, yeah. like what would, what would I be think, ideal? I think I think introspection is the most important because if you think about it, there's like I I've been able to experience many different cultures, and there's great points to all of them, and there's challenges to all of them. And I think the thing that separates the people that are are really able to get the most out of it is the ability to look into the culture and recognize. When it's helping you live a good life and when you're a slave to it, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like the like you like you you want to be able to say, you know, are are we doing things in a certain way or living together in a certain way because it's best for us? Or is it because I grew up like this and I'm just emulating the way I grew up? Okay, you know, and because I wouldn't and if you're going to be with somebody who grew up in a different way than you are, you don't want to have stupid fights about whether you put the dishes on the left or the right or whether you you know, you wash the dishes or put them in the dishwasher, whether you hang the laundry or you put it in the dryer just because. Because this is how I did it when I was a kid, right? You know, um, and yeah. and to a large degree, I think. But that the beauty th- of that, uh, I think, you know, if you if you live in different countries, you don't you realize like, oh, they're just all you know, 
the, the, these smaller things are not not worth fighting for and they they can coexist yeah and i think that's actually part of like the fun of of being a person that like goes to both places like you can you know you can uh in in america you can make yourself you know whatever go to an italian or pizza place for lunch and then have hot pot for dinner yeah. you know like and that and that's like that's the fun of having the competence across the cultures and even with other stuff like um it was like um you know, Estonians love mushrooms. They're like, they're, oh, they're, they're elves. They're all elves. Oh, that's great. Um, that's and they go quality. mushrooming. And so like, when we, you know, if you want to make like a mushroom dish or whatever, like, you know, Annette made like, you know, great food. She would, uh, she would make great food. They also like eat a lot of like, um, like, you know, grains, granola bar type things. She yeah. made these like homemade granola Sounds bar type very things. Healthy. I don't think it's even traditional Estonian anything. I just think like, Hey, you got grains, make like make the grains you know you, why why buy it from a bar when that was get, what i got out of the Estonian when you get thing. grains make when, make, make granola. grains <laughs> make granola yeah, yeah make granola <laughs> but like that nation that notion of like using just good ingredients and making food at home like that was something i didn't really have when i grew up yeah that's like, really you know, nice that's a nice quality it was so not and like you know and it made me feel like you know it, it, it was definitely something that was really cool. And then also there was there was also the perks of um, Annette worked at the Estonian embassy. Yeah. So I would occasionally get to go to like, uh, you know, Estonian cultural events or whatever. The Midsummer's, you know, sort of uh, the Midsummer's festival where everybody wears like, you know, flowers in their hair and stuff like that. And then you go yeah. sit out at night and watch the watch the sunset and stuff like that. I mean, that. everything sounds really good. I mean, yeah. that sounds like the those are all positives. From, yeah, those are all from, positives. Yeah. The the negatives though is you know there were there were negatives as well. Like you know um, you know she was born the year the Soviet Union collapsed. So like the you know the Estonia that she grew up in was very poor. Right. Um, like and there was a lot of like there was a lot of struggle because of that. And I think that it it manifested itself in some ways as uh, sort of like it was difficult to enjoy things I because see. it was like you know it was. Um, you know, there was... So these are the harder things too. Yeah, and, and that's so deep that it's like, you know, that the, like, that it's... This is, again, the cross-cultural thing because every every person's going to have their own culture. It's not like America has one culture, but, like, I'm sure there's stuff that's messed up about me from having grown up here. But then once you get to an adult, like, you know, the your partner has to deal with the specific ways that you're messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, and that is that's that true. takes a cultural touch... Um, to be able to do well, I mean, does that does that make sense to you? It does. I mean, on, on a like much smaller scale, even even though I was born in China, I think a lot of my habits are were formed in uh, in the states, particularly Los Angeles, and you know, in L.A. Like it's it the, the weather is so nice here. I never wear sandals yeah. Yeah. anywhere I go, or just slippers inside the house. I think it's an American thing. What you know, or it's a very Chinese thing to wear slippers inside the house. Yeah, and I always go barefoot. So, so I mean, this seems so like trivial compared to, you know, being born uh, during the collapse of the Soviet <laughs> Union. No, no, no. But I'm making, I'm drawing parallels. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, when Angie forces me to wear slippers. <laughs> no, but but that's funny. I it's, lose it. It's kind of the. Um, no, but she always she needs to protect herself. She needs to be stay warm and. Mm. Maybe you know, maybe Changchun is really cold too, but I just don't care as much. Cause, you <laughs> just because it's, <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's just like it's just never anything but sunny in Los Angeles. But Angie's always like, "Oh, my ears cold," where you know, like, yeah. you know, there's wind slipping through my neck. I'm like, "What is <laughs> this that? Wind slipping what does that even? Neck. What does that? What does that even mean? How do you feel that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. The um, yeah, and so I think that the um, 
and the challenge. And then, of course, you know, I dated some Chinese uh, Chinese people as well, and that was a different set of challenges. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We're going to keep talking about intercultural dating, how to do it well, um, and um, how advice. To do it, how to do it well. Advice from Xia Tian yes. on uh, doing that well. We're going to be back in just a moment. This Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome back. Hey, we are back. And uh, today we are talking about intercultural dating. Um, we'll get into race, I guess, a little bit more in this section. But the reason I call it intercultural is like really that's at the, at the end of it. That's kind of how I feel the real the, the challenge and the reward comes from the, the mixing of cultures as opposed to, say, just or, like race. Or, or maybe by American standards, you know, from the the American experience is more divided by race. Yeah. Does that, I mean, does race play, race does race play is a, a huge part. Thing. I mean, dude, I'm a, I'm a comedian. If you go to a comedy show in America, 70% of the jokes are about race. Right. Like, there's there's really almost nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the American narrative is intertwined with race. It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, American... I mean, it's the the result of this, you know, the, the, the history of this country is that the, the land that was, you know, that is now the United States was filled up with, uh, you know, 200 nations that are now almost all entirely either not where they were or are gone. Yeah. And then it was replaced by both the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Caribbean, like everywhere just came on and, and standing on the land that, you know, 400 years ago was occupied by other by other people. And so every it's it's a melting pot in yeah. in for both good and bad. Yeah. But it's not an ethno state like, you know, if, if you're in Sweden, most people in Sweden are Swedish. Yeah. You know, uh, even in China, if you're in China, most people in China are Chinese. Yeah. You know? As you grow, as I get older, I mean, living in the States, I, I do find it to be less and less of an issue. But growing up, I mean, I was consumed by mm. by identity and race. Yeah. And I still am, but to a lesser degree. And I do. Why, yeah. why do you think that was the case? Um, I think I think for me, I mean, it's it's part of the reason why I got into filmmaking. It's, you know. I can attribute that to the lack of representation uh, in in the media of, of Asian men. And then what about when you would see, uh, well, I guess this is sort of, it is is relatively new, but like, did you see any interracial or intercultural couples in media or film or that made you think about like, you know, one of these days I'm, uh, you know, I might marry somebody who looks different than me or has a different culture than I am. Or were you... For, for all the wrong reasons. Meaning that like, I think... It was it was de- like interracial couples were proportionally white men and Asian women versus mm. Asian men and white women, and I think that left me with this feeling like, oh, I need to prove myself. So then it's not you know. So I was as a younger me would want to date a white woman just to prove to myself that oh, I can I versus finding something we have in common yeah. and, and basing it off of something healthier versus yeah. something like my but that's, my ego, you know? I mean, that, that stuff really does mess people up, though. Like, you know, on the other end of that situation, like, I didn't date 
anybody in China for the first like two plus years I was there. And a lot of it was because of that stigma against like, oh, there was a lot of people who said, oh, the, the white people come to China and they come just to date Chinese women and like take advantage of that situation. Right. And that was not at all why I was there. And yeah. it took. But year. everyone else. Yes. No. But yeah, everybody else. I mean, <laughs> Except those for Jesse. Schlubs, yeah. But like, but not me. Oh, no. Yeah. But um, but it, it's I like, tried, but I just. Yeah, just couldn't be <laughs> schlubby enough. No, the um, but but it was like a, it was a big thing. It was like a yeah. huge stressor in my life. And there are people now that like, you know, I look back at the when I had first arrived, there are people that I would I wanted to ask out and I didn't ask out because I was worried about being judged in that way. Yeah. And and um, and even now, it's sort of like kind of a, a question now coming back to the 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 states. It's been kind of doubly weird because the Chinese people that I meet, if I meet Chinese women and I talk to and, and tell them about my life, like I'm from the same place that they're from in some ways. Like I lived in Beijing. They might have been to Beijing or even lived in Beijing. But the Chinese American women treat me very differently And the Chinese American yeah. women have. I think much less of an idea about what to think about me or the fact that I spent so many years in China. Because it's hard to place your experience in the context of the American experience. Yeah. They're like, what kind of guy are you then? So you're Chinese? You're white? No, well, they like, know what? I'm not Chinese. They know yeah. I'm, and, the, and, the, and that's another question is even whether I'm white or not, because, you know, and I'm Jewish, you know, a lot of Jews died because they weren't white enough. But in America, mm. you're white if you look white. Because race is so much based off of visual. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, and this is one of the big things in the Jewish community is like people will say, you know, is it anti-Semitism if people will say horrible things about like, you know, they're, if the, uh, you say if the Israeli government does something bad, you know, then people will really pile on the Israeli government. And, and they say that's kind of the modern, the modern, you know, type of anti-Semitism is that like, you know, you're, you're white in the, when, when it's convenient for people to think of you as white and then you're not white when you're, when it's convenient not yeah. to be thought of as white. That's a whole nother issue. Yeah. And so, and that's another element that a Were Chinese you self-conscious American, at all about race as a kid? As I think a, like as a, Jewish as a so I grew up, I mean, in a place with a lot of Jews, but it was definitely, you know, the Holocaust was not that long ago. Right. And so it's it's generationally just like, it's just in, ingrained in all the Jews. Everybody knows that yeah. not that long ago, like, you know, the Jews were attempted very forcefully to be wiped out. And yeah. some people made it out and we won. Now Israel is there. That's a very simplified way of figuring, like, you know, going through that. But it was definitely something that every that I knew. I think on a daily basis, you know, again, because you don't get profiled. Right. Um, you, or at least not in, in most parts of the States, you don't get profiled, you don't get pulled over, you don't get like, you know, uh, you don't get like, you know, you don't get shot if you're wearing a hoodie cause yeah. you're Jewish, but it, but it does add in an element of like, you know, you would see stuff on the internet. Like I'd played a lot of Starcraft when I was a kid and you would still see like, do. uh, still do. Well, I, I watch a lot of Starcraft now Yeah, with um, kids. With, I yeah. I'm not saying he plays with kids. No, no, no. Plays Starcraft. I mean the, the best, some of the best players now are really yeah. young. Anyway, not the point, but the, um, <laughs> I'd be on Starcraft and like, you'd see just like people in the, in the, in the chat, just like casual racism against casual, uh, slurs against Jews, casual slurs against black people, yeah. like just casual slurs on the internet. Yeah, that's and wild. they didn't know I was Jewish, right. but like, but that's why it was worse. It almost would feel better if they knew I was Jewish and like, I want to hurt this guy. And that's yeah. what I said. It's just how casual it is. It's worse that now. they weren't even trying to hurt anybody. And they're just like, here's an insult, you right. know? So like that is an element of culture that is, um, you know, why I really like the term intercultural much more than interracial because 
that the reason why this would be relevant to say either a Chinese or a Chinese American girl or even uh, the Estonian girl that I was dating is like it's it's only important in so much as the active culture of today. Yeah. And and understanding that background culture is the important thing. It's not what box you check on the census. Right. You know, like and even those boxes, like when I got back to here and people are like people say, Oh, you should date an Asian American girl. I'm like Asian is Asia is huge. Yeah. Half of the world Southeast is in Asia. Asia. Are we talking? Yeah, are we about, talking yeah. India? Are we talking Southeast Asia? Are we talking Philippines? Broad stroke. And, like, yeah, it's it's category. just it's such a broad stroke category that makes very little sense to me as somebody that lived in Asia for a while. Like you know, people in China yeah. wouldn't feel any any like you know affiliation with people from the Philippines. But then here in the states, it seems almost as a reaction to being called Asian Americans by white people the Asian American community seems to have an actual identity that's grown up. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy way of looking at it. I mean, it it takes you out of this, like it takes you out of this, you know, out of this like stigma of like, Oh, I'm dating outside of my race. But if you focus on culture, then you'll have a lot more in common because we all have a lot. Yeah. I mean, you might find like, Hey, I like Lord of the Rings. You like Lord of the Rings, that culture we have similar, you know, like it doesn't matter that you read it first in Chinese. Yeah. You know, like it it really doesn't matter at some point. And so, um, and different cultures at different connecting points as well. So like, you know, if there's, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, if you, if you, Oh, in Chinese, it's not a ring. It's a bangle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bangle. Yeah. (laughs) One bangle to rule them all. (laughs) One bangle to find them. It's a uh, jade bangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frodo, take off the bangle. <laughs> <Yeah>. I can't. <laughs> um, but they're like, it's a, who is it? Uh, anyway, the, but like, <laughs> if you, um, I, I guess the point in this is, as far as dating is concerned, is that, um, do you feel like the, the Asian American community is very judgy about re- uh, marrying within we'll say Asian or Asian American, or is it even more specific? Like if you're Chinese American, would your parents dislike you marrying a, a Japanese or a Korean American? Like it, it doesn't count, you know, like, you know, right. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, I do things there. I, I think there are like stigmas. I feel like, I don't know if you marry a Chinese, I don't know, maybe marrying Chinese. If you're Japanese or Korean, certain, certain families, wouldn't like that. Well, like, I think in, I think there's a lot here, more let, racism. Let there's like, more racism yeah. within Asian societies, which is uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, not not all a, families like that. As opposed to the Asian American societies, you versus mean, like marrying white. I guess I don't know. Yeah. What do, what do the Asian American like, parents think about kids marrying uh, like white people? Um, I think like, for my dad, he would have loved that. I think again, but it comes down to status. It's like you know, I came to America. My son marries a white woman. You know, like yeah. that's a uh, you know, that's, that's, we'll have some really beautiful mixed kids. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, again, but that's a matter of status. And that, mm. that does affect but, but kids you think, growing up. But you think that if it, I mean, I don't know about your family in particular, but that mentality, does that mean if they were to marry a black person or a Latino person that maybe you don't get that bump? You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are racist. No, I'm not yeah. even saying your parents. I mean, no, it's true. Yeah. Like, do you think that that would have been the case? Unless they're like, unless they're like really rich. <laughs> some other, yeah. Like, I mean, they're you know, very pragmatic. Obviously, you know, you know, like, if, yeah. uh, you know, impressions make a difference. Like if you show up and you're, you're well-dressed and you're educated and you're, you know, like. But I will say this, yeah. if you're white and you don't have a lot of money, I think that's also okay. So, I mean, it is. Yeah, you like, could maybe slip by. These, these things matter, unfortunately, and they shouldn't, but they, um, they well, do. Well, I think there's now you're seeing 
seeing almost the the opposite of this playing out in some places in China, like that girl that was like, my family is wealthy. You know, you yeah. can't just be a random white guy if you're going to marry me. Yeah. And I'm like, I never said, like, look, yeah. you're, I don't you know were if... an hour late to the date. Right. I, you're like, <laughs> I didn't I know. Do so I think she's like working out some of her own like and issues. Th- this was exactly, I mean, that in a nutshell was kind of exactly what I felt like with all of the, uh, the, the, the women that I met on Bumble in, in China. I didn't go on a ton of dates, um, but I went on some and I would have these weird experiences where, you know, people are on a dating app, right? So they swiped on me. I swiped on them. We have a chat, we go and meet up for a drink or whatever. And I would listen to a lot of like very strange monologues from people that many of them had studied abroad and many of them were like in the process of trying to figure out what they wanted from a partner, which makes sense because I also was trying to figure out that. It's not like I'm done with that process. But like there was a lot of like, uh, like there was a lot of bad mouthing of all the other foreigners they had dated. Right. Like, so I would listen and they would say, oh, like, you know, I really don't like dating, you know, uh, Lawai because blah, 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 blah. You mean in China, right? In China. Yeah. This was what they, they I think say. to be fair, like a lot of expats go to China also just to play around. No, but that. Right. But that, Nobody, under, nobody's there to. I understand the. the to start the, a family. I think that I understand the, um, the, the, the uh, sentiment there. But I was, but I was sitting in the date and being like, why are you telling this to me? Oh, like yeah. I didn't. You, I think you, you were know, just the. You were just the. I was just yeah. kind of the sounding board for a lot of board. these frustrations, and it w- and it made because I was like, yeah, that guy did a shitty thing to you. Yeah. Uh, huh? Like you know, I didn't right. know. I didn't. You know represented all white guys. Yeah, like I like I didn't call get called in and then you know and then try to hit them with the. Oh, I'm yeah, white, I'm not I'm justifying Jewish. her actions. No, she, no, but you know yeah. what I mean. It was yeah. like it was a complicated thing to get through, and and I think that the. Um, the, uh, again, why I like bringing that kind of lens back to the ra- uh, to the uh, culture rather than the yeah. race. I think in America, representation is important because it does leave these like it leaves these uh, shadows of doubt, you know, mm-hmm. within a lot of uh, a lot of minorities of like, who am I? Where do I belong? Mm-hmm. You know, you struggle with these, and it affects you. I I think about my kid, you know, my boy a lot too. Like, mm-hmm. how is he going to grow up? I want him to spend time in the states and and in China, so he mm-hmm. doesn't feel like he's underrepresented. I don't. Mm. I think it's important. I want. I think Asian Asian Americans need all minorities need a need a yeah. need bigger and and a lot of it and is, a wider range of representation yeah. and and uh, and that you know even at a small scale if you find the right community that can really be impactful. Like I had I met a um, uh, I met a guy in uh, in Beijing who is. Um, uh, half Jewish, half Chinese. So his um, his dad is Jewish, his mom is Chinese. He grew up in San Francisco, and he said, "Like I didn't even know there were white Jews until I was fifteen, because wow. everybody I knew was half Jewish, half Chinese. Like wow. everybody looked like me. And then I, because yeah. there were so many mixed couples. That's, that, I mean, yeah, like Chinese the, women and, uh, and and Jewish men. Yeah, yeah like but that. he was like, he was like, you know, it's it's, it's funny, like coming to the." Um, you know, it's it. You come to see the Beijing uh, Jewish community, and he looks at the white people there, and he says, "Like, no, everybody should be looking like me." You know, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I just thought That's that funny. was what a what a perspective yeah. to put on it because it's like a lot of this is just that. You know, I think about this a lot in terms of what does it mean that the world is opened? Like in in fifteen hundred or whatever, you would be some sort of like weird god if you had traveled halfway across the world. Like it doesn't yeah. even happen. Yeah, Kings you, don't you, do that. You're an astronaut. You would be an astronaut, a literal astronaut. And then, 
um, nowadays, like you can hop on a plane, you can study abroad, and the world has been open really since, we'll say, jet technology, like after World War II, commercial aviation, regular people being able to travel. You don't need to be a missionary. Yeah. You don't need to be, um, you know, uh, you know, some sort of like... Uh, uh, you know, like exile or whatever, like, it, like, you know, there, you know, you can look at the news. Like there were like, um, I remember seeing an article on this, that there was like a couple Chinese scholars from Tsinghua or whatever in, in America and like the very, like the late 1800s sort of thing. And they went on tour. They just like, wow. like the fact that they could speak English and tell about the world in China. Yeah. Like people paid tickets yeah, I, just to show up and listen to, to these people talk about, about, you know, the far East. Right. Right. And, and now it's like, you know, dude, I don't get paid tickets for that. I just have to make TikToks for free. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but at the same time, Jesse, you also, you do yeah. also go on tour. You do talk about well, your I do, which but, is unique. Yeah, I, I do, which is unique, but I, but I think that that's part of the, um, and it's and it's maybe more telling less than the content, but that there are so many other people that have cross cultural experiences that that I can do that. Yeah. Because the the people that show up to the shows, yes, you get some people that have never traveled before, but you get a lot of people that are like you know uh, Chinese American who studied abroad in China and is now back in the states, and you get Chinese people who have lived here for eight years, and you get like you get enough of these these astronauts, for lack of a better term, that you can make a whole. Um, you can make a whole show performing yeah. just to them. Right. And, um, right. and that's not even to mention people like Chinese Americans that have been here for five generations or whatever and still working it out. If like if culturally, you know, maybe it's through Netflix. If it's like if we, you know, if there's more platforms that connect the world, then it brings the world closer together. Oh, I definitely believe that. I mean, that's one of my my big like, you know, uh, one of the ways I wish the world were better. I just wish there was more media TikTok, transparency. TikTok does that too. It, but my point is that the, I've seen both. Those uh, connections would be great. And you know, it comes back to dating. It's like you also. Um, you know, I feel like one of the interesting things is like intercultural couples are huge on the internet. Like those are the people that make all the You're videos right. that everybody loves is like, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm married to a, you know, Japanese man. Here's how we do our, you know, yeah. here's how we visit his parents or whatever. Yeah. I'm married to, you know, a Chinese girl. Like, here's what she wanted to do for vacation or whatever. Yeah. You or know. Chinese guy with like Ukrainian girlfriend. Oh yeah. That's a huge, yeah. that's a huge one in, in China right now is right. like, you know, the, you know, the Ukrainian girlfriends are apparently really in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, um, I don't the, know if it's because I'm Chinese that they are pushing a lot of Chinese men and white women, uh, on my, uh, TikTok. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe the, do they, do they know did you I, at some level? Yeah. Some did I, deep, did, deep I level? did I demand no. that on some? <laughs> no, but, but, um, I want to take, uh, uh, a little bit of a twist so we can kind of finish up the last segment and talk about, um, uh, you know, a little bit of advice, for like, what have you seen from the friends of yours that do intercultural dating really well? Yeah. What, uh, or from your own life experience, one thing that you think you figured out really well, like yeah. what are the, what are the skills that make this doable and enjoyable and possible? Yeah. I mean, from my personal experience and from what I've seen from a close friend, he's Chinese American and his wife is Indian American. They're both physicians. They met in uh, med school mm -hmm. and and i mean they're just perfect for each other 
And I think if it wasn't for med school, like, I don't know that, because we both grew up in Arcadia where they're just more Asian Americans here. I don't know that he would have met, you know, met somebody he has such like close interests with. Yeah. And it's this same thing with me and my wife. We we're, we both love filmmaking. We both love the entertainment industry. And, you know, this I think it's, it's a, our common love for film that brought us together. I mean, it is sort of the, um, you know, the weird downstream side effects of so many women having their own careers now is that they can engage with men through the career. Right. You know, and, and it's not just through school, because I feel like previously it may have even been you met in college, but then, you know, the woman has to give up her career. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's um it's gone further. It's like, you know, you you're you're through the career and if you're both doing med school together or whatever, I mean that can be a challenge if you're not in the same residency. But yeah. But like um even the people who aren't in the same residency, I've seen people make it work. Like, you know, you're long distance for four years, but but it's very but but there's an end date to that because yeah. of the residency and is and there are a lot of differences i you know i'll be honest i think we grew my wife and i grew up differently when we were kids but because she's she spent time in the states and i spent time in china you know we have an understanding that these differences exist and i mean we really like we really open up these differences we so that, talk about so everything. that's that's exactly what i was going to say is like um like being able to talk about the differences when they occur uh, and have those communication skills seems like the number one thing you need yeah. to, in order to make it work. Yeah. Just you need to be willing, able, and ideally even interested in talking about those weird touchstone points. Yeah. That you don't have to agree, but you, yes. you should. You should be. You should be uh, sympathetic, and you should. You should have a willingness to accept. I think that those are big. Do you things. have a an example of maybe a a, a uh, uh, something like a Chinese cultural thing that your your wife does that you've had to learn to yeah. accept. Yeah, I mean something very small is you know in China gift giving is very pragmatic. So when it's like you know uh, friends' birthdays or or a kid's birthday or any any like anniversary, we just tend to give money. Money is yeah. like you know give cash. Yeah, just give cash. It's pragmatic. They can buy whatever they want with it, and they appreciate that. Here, you give cash. It's kind of like it's kind of thoughtless. It yeah. feels like. Uh, you know, it just feels yeah. like oh, you just giving me money. So we talk about that, and it's like it's not a problem here. We don't do cash yeah. in China. We do cash. Yeah, it's just like they can coexist. We could yeah. just depending, you know, where your friend is from. Yeah, yeah. It's, in, in the end of the day, it's kind of more about where they're from. Yeah, than and in the beginning, from. I was like, yeah, let's not give cash in the states. I don't think they would appreciate it the same way our friends in China will. And mm. she understands that completely. And I also understand like, oh, like even if I give, the, you know, in China, if I give somebody a really thoughtful gift, some some of the time, maybe it's not as thoughtful as just yeah. giving them cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or even things like, you know, there'd be... Or maybe it like, can be misinterpreted. You know, like I like bourbon. So I would always get a couple extra bottles of bourbon every time I came back to China because it was really hard to find that stuff, yeah. especially... Um, like, you know, sort of smaller batch or like not huge name brand type thing. Yeah. And then I would give them to people as gifts. And I realized like probably people would probably just rather have a bottle of Johnny Walker, which is like a, like a pimpai. It's like a brand. Maybe. Than this better bourbon. The bourbon sounds nice. The bourbon sounds nice (laughs) to me and you, but the, but like, you know, is, is the, is also what is the gift doing? Like if the gift is saying like, Oh, this is the American brand. I want you to have the American brand. If they don't recognize the brand, it doesn't right. do that. It isn't a successful gift in that. That's sense, true. You That's know? true. Yeah. It doesn't, so, yeah, it's not appreciated. The so same I, way. but I want to go back to the relationship aspect of this and say, I think it's so important that you and your wife can have that discussion because 
you are actually talking about how to give the gift and it's not just an incarnation of a bigger fight that you've been having your entire life. Yeah, you know? and, it's <laughs> you know? not, and it's not like we're just doing it my way where she's like, you yeah. know, like it does that doesn't make sense because we don't do it in our culture. Like then you get nowhere. Yeah. And we, I realize like we're going to hit those bumps throughout our lives. But as long as we keep an open open discussion like that, then it's okay. Like it's actually I'm learning from her experience and – and maybe she's learning from my experience here too. So yeah. I think that's kind of beautiful, you know. I think it's yeah. true. And then the other, and here's another question I have to ask you about the intercultural relationship is um, also it has to do with moving. In right. the um, so one of the couples that I, you know, it's close friends of uh, of mine, a great couple, um, you know, Julian and Emily from Beijing Improv. Mm-hmm. Julian's Hong Kong Filipino. Emily's from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Um, They met in Beijing. And I remember when Julian got a job offer, I think it was to go to Canada or something like that to further his career as a game developer. Um, He was really upset. And he was like, I'm going to have to leave Emily. And Emily said like, well, why, why wouldn't you talk to me? Maybe I would want to go, you know? And so, but they managed, they moved together and they've now moved all around the world. And I, and I think, you know, and maybe they come on and negate this somehow, but it feels like from what I can see that, the the commitment of having moved together to so many places only made it stronger. Yeah. Because I, yeah, if they're both on board. It's a make yes. or break thing. Like that'll break the relationship if somebody doesn't want to move. And then the moment you do move together, you hit this new level of like, we're really in it. Yeah. And you also make the sec you also say you know, because it may be if 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 it is in the back of your mind, is there somebody else out there? Is this the person? You know, how many other people are going to move with you? Right. You know, like right. it's not that's a small list. Yeah, I don't know if this is feasible. But I'm actually, I actually hope that um, you know, now that we have two kids, that we get the opportunity to live on on both sides of the ocean. I think that's important. The one thing I really don't want to happen is for my son to grow up in the States and not only be embarrassed about speaking Chinese because it's just most people speak English in school. And then like mm. like I did, he's going to start speaking English more and more and then find ways to not speak Chinese. And second, just feel like, you know, he's not well represented as an Asian male in mm. America. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah. So, but, you know, in China, that's a different story. You yeah. don't have that problem. You see heroic, you know, like, Asian Asian men mm-hmm. on on you know on TV commercials and everything you know so it's not you don't feel like you're you know you don't question why you're being underrepresented so I think that did a lot for me when I traveled back to China during summer breaks just to go and see a, a, the go to the movie theaters and every movie yeah is all just Asian people <laughs> yeah you have, you have Chow Young Fat you know like yeah. it's like you have really like good looking Asian men. Who are leading male like figures, and that that that, well, that really... was the that was you know Chris Rock had that amazing routine on um you know the the you know race in in America, and he was talking about how he's like you know I I made it I I I'm I'm rich now I live in a giant uh you know building you know one of my neighbors is Oprah um you know one of my neighbors is Jay Z. But the next door neighbor to the left of me is just like a white guy who's a who's like a, a physician, a banker. right? Right. And he's no, like, he's not this. the Jay Z of bankers, right? He's just a banker. Yeah. And so he's like, that's what it really means to like be as there. Like you can be like you know in some ways mediocre and really succeed. <laughs> 
And, <laughs> like without having to be Jay-Z, you can just be good at what you do and right. you can get out into that. And so if you're an Asian actor here or whatever, you really have to be the best of the best of the best of the best to get the roles that you get. Yeah, the slots are just not there. And, and if you go to the movie in, in China, there are good movies and there are bad movies. And yeah. they're all full of actors that got paid to act in them or yeah. actually hopefully got paid to act in them. We'll, we don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you don't question. I mean, I think class is a big issue in China. So it's a different struggle. But here I just I feel like I don't want race to play. I hope, hopefully, you know, to, to minimize that as much as possible because it's, you know, well, so here's a, here's a bigger question. Do you think that when you see more interracial or intercultural couples, like, do you, like, if you see, you know, a, a white couple and a black couple, or you see, like, you yeah. know, Latino and Asian couple or whatever, is that working to, to batter down the importance of race for I, your son? I think so. If they're, I mean, if they're doing it for the right reasons, uh, you know, yeah. like you said, like it can't just be, I want to marry a Latino or I want to marry mm. a, a black woman. Like that's not, that's, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's got to be more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that, but, but it like, does help. I think I'm interracial couples in, in a, absolutely play a positive or, role. Or I guess they're saying in a world like where you might not get, you know, seven movies a year with the, with like the heroic Asian male lead, would you rather have a world where everything is just so muddied that it's like, it's not like Asians are being left out. It's like everything is just so muddied now. It's just not even a thing. Yeah. Maybe like a, n- <laughs> a new American ethnicity, right? Yeah. yeah well, there's going to be a lot of mixed people like, yeah. you know, coming out of the new, whatever, 10% of, right. of interracial. The next batch marriages. is going to be very mixed. Yeah, and so I think so. I think that will help. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing is like this is the weird nature about majority and minority is like you know you uh, these things shift very subtly and sometimes there are pockets like you know if you it, like you know Jews are not a minority uh, majority in in Beijing, but if you go to the you know Friday night services at the Capitol Club. Um, in that room, the Jews are the minor- majority, and so the Jewish culture kind of takes hold. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, and diversity, again, to your point earlier, it shouldn't just be surface level. Like, you know, like diverse as in, like, if you're going to be a mixed couple, it's okay for your kid to understand and appreciate Chinese culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, truly, not just American Chinese culture, which is all like part of America, but really diverse outside of America to understand the world better. You know, so that's if anything, I feel like that's more important. I mean, it's like you you open up the borders a lot more. Yeah, and then maybe maybe you'll have to expand your thought if your son studies abroad in Peru and loves Peru. That's exciting, and and uh, he should. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send him to Peru. Yeah, you can send him to Peru now. I never thought about that because I mean, that then we just have to take care of, time. of nanny yeah. time. Like, yeah, we'd have to take one care of one less. Anyway, if you would like to donate to the fund to send Tom's yeah, uh, Cyprus to Peru. son to Peru, uh, we have the info in the link underneath. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, this is good. I think. Um, what about you? Do you have any advice from your experience? I mean, my experience so far, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know whether this is sad or not, but just like don't let the other people judging you rule the day. Like yeah. I feel like I missed years of my life that I could have spent uh, dating and enjoying myself. And it would have been, you know, there would have been good ups and, da- and downs. But I think that I let the, I let the thoughts about what, um, uh, I let the, the, the whispers or the imagined whispers kind of run the day for a little while. And it wasn't so much they were running it by themselves. It was that it was already something I was anxious about. And I allowed the whispers to be the thing that, you know, self um, justified to myself, not 
pushing myself out of my comfort zone to meet new people and to go on dates and to and to really explore. Yeah. And 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 when and that when things are already challenging, you know, having uh, you know social pressure against it can be the 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 tip the thing that tips the scale. So mm. I I would say that the um, you know, just you know, uh, uh, being willing to just say approach everybody as people, and then to know that you're strong enough to take the to take the heat, so to speak, if you wind up in an, in an area of people that aren't supportive. And ultimately, if people aren't supportive, maybe you shouldn't be living in that part where people aren't supportive. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It could be a problem with the environment that you're in. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And focus on inter, intercultural dating. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's all. I think that's, that's thing. at the bottom. Yeah. I think that's the true, yeah. that's the true answer to uh, working it out. So that's, yeah. that's where the, 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 if you know, where the fun is and where the, uh, where the challenges are. So it's, um, you know, it's less of a check on a paper sort of thing and more of a, right. you know, see who the life of the person you're with is. Yep. So if anybody else has any ideas, uh, definitely put them in the, in the comment section. Yeah. Love to figure it and out. And when Jesse means ideas, he means uh, single women. Yep. And profiles. Are, yes. Um, yeah. You know, if you like Lord resumes. of the, if you like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. If you like yeah. Lord of the Rings, I yeah. love Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, if, you're at, if you're good yeah. at StarCraft, I mean, just you're good please, at StarCraft, yeah. he'll propose today. Yeah. He'll, he'll drive out to I wherever mean, you if are. If you can fast expand, ooh, you're already <laughs> in. You are in. Anyway, none of that. None of that, that sounds cheese, really cheese, If you can fast I mean, expand. If you can fast expand, you know, we're going to have a great economy in this, in this uh, family. So, um Anyway, before Ooh, I reveal too much yeah. about myself, yeah. um, before you fast expand, <laughs> before I fast, I'm gonna fast expand into the next episode here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, my name is Jesse Appel. This is Tom Shaw. Bye bye.